All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome you to another episode of We Create Music TV. I am your host, B. Vaughn, and today we got my man, artist, Jeremy Seizure. What's good? How y'all doing? What's good, man? How you feeling, brother? Man, I'm glad feeling, you could be here. I'm glad I could be here too, man, but I'm feeling great today. How you feeling? I'm feeling great, man. That's feeling good. Sunday. It's Sunday, you know, the vibes. It's Sunday. It is sunny. Yeah. It ain't raining. Man. Like it's been the past, bro, like nine, ten days in a row. Of in rain, a row. It seems like, and I'm trying to <laughs> every day I go to work and just really more rain. Oh my gosh! So thank you that it's nice and sunny and amazing sure. outside today. We have to get out. Well, I mean, we'll be getting outside today anyway. So, but yeah, man, I'm glad that you're here to share your story, to talk to the people about who you are, and so that they can get to know Jeremy Caesar. So, man, if you wouldn't mind starting, just talk about how you got started. In music, uh, well, as far as uh, it's like the same story as like everybody. I got started in church, like playing the drums or like trying to learn how to play the drums. Mm -hmm. But the first time, uh, oh, and singing like gospel songs in the car with my <laughs> sister. But uh, the first song, I mean, the first time I started getting into writing, I was like ten years old. I used mm -hmm. to like freestyle uh with one of my homies, like while we was playing basketball. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was just like one of the funnest things ever for me to like create words and like do the things like I was saying, like different artists do on TV. And you mm -hmm. know, of course, when you're a kid, that's like the biggest influence and shit. Mm -hmm. I mean, and stuff, my bad. Nah, no, you good. But, no, look, so people know that this is marked not for kids on YouTube. So. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, and one of my biggest, actually one of my biggest things uh, mm -hmm. when I started writing was I have to put as many cuss words in here like they <laughs> so it can, so people will listen. Yeah. <laughs> but, that is, is, is an interesting take because I guess the question is, I don't want to cut you off and, and you oh, telling your was, story, but that kind of, and I have you go back if you don't mind. But with music today and even Back then, so from, I'm an old guy, right? So back then, you, you didn't really hear a lot of curse words in music. Right? I mean, or if you heard any. Run DMC hardly ever said a curse word in any of their yeah, like song. A lot of the pioneers. Right, but now, this is like every other word. But why do you think that has become a, a trend within hip-hop music today? Is that we got to load it up with, with curse words? Back when I feel like back when hip hop started, like in the eighties or when they started becoming commercialized, then it was more about a, a message that everybody was trying to get through. You know, mm -hmm. it was like our art form. It was like one of our first art forms, like as mm -hmm. like uh, black urbans, like right. quote unquote. But uh, I feel like it was like a reason behind it, and now it's like oversaturated and like more mm -hmm. so about money and like living a certain type of lifestyle. That comes mm -hmm. with that. And then overall, outside of the music, I think our vocab has kind of just went there anyway, like mm -hmm. as people. But I wasn't here in the 80s, so I don't know how it was. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was there in the 80s. Yeah. I mean, but it wasn't. It wasn't a lot of... Now, it, the only way you would hear cursing is if you listen to, like, the underground stuff. Yeah. The commercial stuff didn't really, really have it. And then, of course, it gradually started, and then you had more artists who would started cursing and it just became a just a standard or something that was expected within like within music yeah it was just something that became accepted and now you hear it oh now you hear cursing more than a message within music 
All right, so now we're going to get back to the story, right? But I, I just needed to ask that question because it, it, it just kind of sparked that curiosity of why, why we moved to, to doing that. Uh, yeah, that's how I had started writing as far as like the music I was listening to. I was like hanging out with my older sister a lot mm-hmm. and she listened to like a lot of pop music. So it okay. was like a, a combination of like that and then like the rap my mom was like listening to uh, mixed with like punk rock. Uh, mm. It just sounds like that and like kind of all that blending in to now it's like everything. I don't know. Now that I look back on my life talking about this, it seems like every like grade it was like a different genre i was mm-hmm. studying because i remember like in sixth grade i was listening to like nothing but like west coast like 90s g funk mm. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like yeah uh just as mm. the time went by just like studying different genres or mm. different sub genres a lot <laughs> yeah that's what's up but other than that uh started like just writing freestyling at the lunch table you know just different uh stuff i didn't actually record my first song until i was about like 20 or 21 okay uh so yeah it was before that it was just like a whole bunch of writing and freestyling mm. but that's how it got started with uh music now i'm realizing learning stuff i've never known before and mm. it's like one of the greatest things ever so give an example what are some of the things that you're now kind of focusing on uh that as a rapper, it's not always about like having the hardest bar or like having like the hardest verses and stuff like that. It's more so about making sure that the listener can connect to me through mm-hmm. the music, that they can feel like what I'm rapping about or what I'm singing about or what the song is about in general. Like just that feeling connecting. I learned that from Kevin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, that like just the feeling connect because it's like once you feel something it's like it draws you in like it attracts you to it like most definitely so i'm learning how to i guess like put your soul into the music Mm. yeah no doubt yeah i mean music has music is emotive it draws emotions out of people i mean if i asked you what do you feel when you hear this particular song it kind of brings up memories and emotions that are you know, attached to it, you know. So when you're making music, anybody's making music, people connect to it from an emotional perspective or it, it has some type of meaning because when I was in a situation, I broke up with my girl and we were fighting over this. And every time I, I did that, all I kept hearing was uh, was Neo, that he's so sick of love songs, right? Yeah, I got it. And now that kind of is, is a reminiscence. So when I hear that song, I kind of turn it off because I'm pissed off because me and my girl broke up. Yeah, it's like I got, I try to, <laughs> one thing like that with me is no matter like what relationships I'm in or like mm-hmm. what females I'm dealing with, I try to never attach any of them to music because <laughs> it would like ruin, I don't want them to ruin any songs any for, song me for you at all. Like, cause it's not fair. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just not fair. <laughs> like, it ain't fair to me that you are now attached to this song and every time I hear the song. Yeah. Like, I, I went yeah. through a breakthrough while, uh, 20 not 2014 well uh for your eyes only the j cole album mm-hmm. uh was releasing and i was like no i'm not gonna let <laughs> i'm not gonna let this ruin this for me yeah that's right like man, every time i hear this song i think about you man i don't oh. but yeah i think that's a good perspective but people are drawn by emotion to to music yeah right and that's how we because artists as an artist your job is to connect with the audience 
to help them feel what you were feeling or thinking in the music that you're now conveying to them, right? Through words, through music. And so I think that's a, a great approach. I think today most people just, just want to get out there and just make a lot of other stuff. But Yeah, because it's, it's, the way I look at it is that like music is kind of like movies, but it's like mm-hmm. our genres are split up uh, based on like what the sound mm-hmm. is rather than what it's actually about. So I feel like even in hip hop, like the subgenres, like there's movies to make you laugh. There's mm-hmm. movies, uh, like there's songs just to entertain to, just to dance to. Then there's movies that are like dramas. There's movies with a message behind it. Mm-hmm. Then there's even, I watched Hollywood Shuffle the other day for the first oh, time. Oh, that's dope. So there's yeah. movies to make you laugh <laughs> with a message. Mm-hmm. And it's, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Like, so that's just how I see it. Mm. Yeah, music and movies kind of have similarities between the two uh, and their purpose of what they're trying to convey with the audience, right? So, yeah. So, I then it's weird because I think I remember Neo kind of saying something like that as far as how he got his name is because he saw, well, I guess they said that he saw music as kind of like that movie, kind of like, like an algorithm and putting that together, kind of like how we put films together, yeah. right? And so just making that connection, I think, is, is dope. And just kind of so seeing... So like he got his name like from Neo from the Matrix. Yeah, he got it from Neo from the Matrix. <laughs> That's right, because he saw... Because it was... Um, man, when you think about it, though, the Matrix came out... 2000? Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. 99, 2000. That's one of my favorite movies, Yeah, too. that's one of my favorite movies, too. Yeah. I still got to watch, like, now, the sequels. Now, you haven't seen the sequels yet? Now, I know we ain't talking about The Matrix. We're supposed to be talking about movie. I mean, uh, music, right? <laughs> yeah, my bad. Now we're talking about The Matrix. But they're coming out with a new one. Uh, they did? They're getting ready to. Matrix 4. Which I'm kind of trying to figure out how they're going to come out with this Matrix 4. But I'm just going to wait and see. Yeah, I got to uh, watch the other two before that dropped. Oh, you got to watch the other two. Because if you don't watch the other two and you try to go straight from number one to number four. So you're it's gonna... like, it's reloaded the second and then Revolution is third. Yeah. All right, and then. then you got whatever this new new one is going to be. Rebirth, I guess. I don't know, Wachowski people, what you're doing, but whatever. But uh, back to my man Jeremy Cs. You know what I'm saying? But uh, originally from, uh, man, I'm originally from all over. From all over. I was born in Montgomery, Alabama. I had moved to Virginia, moved down to Texas for a year, moved back to Virginia, all over Newport News, Tappahannock, uh, up in the D.C. area, Springfield. Stafford. Then I moved back down to Birmingham, like my wow. senior year of high school. So it's easier to say, like Birmingham. I'm from Birmingham. Mm-hmm. That's still my area code two hundred five. Okay. That's why you know jumped off the porch and shit mm-hmm. like that. Hey, so, you got that right. <laughs> so Birmingham is all day Westside, Price City. That's right, Birmingham. Yeah, I got family that's down in uh, Dothan. Oh, for real? Yeah. Uh, I had been there a couple times, like going through there. Uh, when I was driving to like visit my dad, mm-hmm. he stays in Tallahassee. Okay, yeah, I never been to Dothan. Oh, so yeah. I, it's like a water park that I heard about. I never like stopped uh, like visiting yeah. or anything. Drove through. Yeah, I just know they from from there. And I actually got family from from Georgia. They're in Donaldsonville, Georgia. Never been there either. But it sounds far away, so I'll probably. <laughs> <be there. laughs> It sounds far away. That's right. It's, it does. It sounds like it's way out there somewhere. But uh, but yeah, man. So just talk about um, just some of the challenges that you experience. Just even getting into this whole music music thing. And what did you really learn from it? Uh, challenges that I've experienced. 
Um, there's like one like that pops in my head. Like one, it's a lot of them, but mm-hmm. one specific challenge is uh, I'll say going to these different shows or like these showcases. I'm trying to get out of going to showcases because mm-hmm. it's like it's good networking, but other than that, it's not too much there. But uh, really going there and then like getting like time slots that are like messed up thing it's like you're just performing in front of other artists you're not mm-hmm. really getting to perform in front of a crowd uh then like different like you know the universal lubricant money mm-hmm. like people being able to like skip ahead of like lists and lines and everything like that and it not really being about talent but more mm-hmm. so about who got the most who got money. the most money yeah so i say that's one of like the biggest uh obstacles i came across but that's about to stop. <laughs> <laughs> then, um, oh, one other incident that happened. I was on my way to like a riding boot camp, uh, <laughs> and my car had like the tire flew off, like in the middle lane on two eighty five. <sighs> then, like an eighteen wheeler just came and like totaled it. Funniest thing, like the whole time, I'm like, damn, if I could just get this car to the uh, side of the road, then I'll be okay. And wouldn't you know, the 18-wheeler smacked it like right where I needed it to be. So you gotta be careful when you ask oh, the guy, what you ask the guy, <laughs> be specific. <laughs> but, uh, it's like, all right, you can go over there. <laughs> I don't know. There's gonna be a tire over there though. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know, just uh, dealing with that and then having to like completely put that behind me to focus mm. on like the task that was at hand. Uh, that was like an obstacle, but a lot of different a lot of different things like having to like miss work and lose Mm -hmm. jobs to go to shows because the shows were that important to me uh just a lot of stuff man yeah yeah it it takes a huge sacrifice to to do this industry because the amount of time and effort and work that you got to put into it doesn't necessarily reap the immediate benefit Right. You can bust your you can bust your ass just really trying to make it and lose time, lose job, lose money, lose relationships for the the sake of making it within music to being one of the big artists. Right. And I think that's a lot of people's dreams. And I think people just I think there's a misunderstanding of what that really means in music i know many people that make a living off music and they don't work a full-time job music is what they do but you will never know them yeah and that's like my like i oh everyone everybody always says it like money over fame like Mm -hmm. i don't really need the fame uh or like to be like a huge like big name i just want to be able to like sustain myself Mm -hmm. like once i create a family be able to sustain my family Mm -hmm. off of music and then, like, it's, that's it, for real, for real. Just, I don't have to be, like, the biggest artist. I just want to be an artist. You right. know what I mean? Like, doing what I love to do and, mm-hmm. like, letting that be life. But we're on the way to it, though. That's what's I, up. I got faith that it's coming. Yeah, that's what's up. I mean, you got to be the one in charge of your own destiny and determine what is that, what's that going to look like for you. Yeah. Right? And if it's superstardom, great. And if it's not... And you just want to live low key and still make over 100k a year, and you can take care of all the things you want. Why not? I know plenty of people who who do that. Yeah, me. I mean, I know a couple people, but I'm trying to. 
don't know. I need to hone in on it, like mm. on exactly what it is. But like mm. I said, I got faith that it's coming. So yes, brother. Yeah, me too. Me too. Definitely. <clears throat> so I want to go back to to something that you had said um, earlier, especially in regards to your uh, upbringing, right? So a lot of people that I kind of met through the interviews and things like that get their start in in church, right? Yeah. Playing drum, playing keys, singing in church, right? So for you, how has your growing up and being involved in that environment kind of shaped you as an individual today and as an artist today? Um, as an artist or as an individual, I'll say, because I'm not a Christian now, but I'll say it gave me a good foundation on like mm-hmm. what faith is and what like believing in a higher power is Mm -hmm. like to build around that because like i come from like a family full of preachers like Mm -hmm. mom grandma uncle aunt like Mm -hmm. everybody like a pastor apostle or something like that bishop (laughs) prophet yeah bishop (laughs) deacon deaconess (laughs) church board member but yeah so i i grew up like church every single sunday Mm -hmm. never really agreed with it but, you know, it was, like, the thing to do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I started off, um, I'll say, yeah, it shaped me with that to have that, like, blind faith in something. Or not blind faith because it's, like, constantly being answered. But, mm-hmm. like, to have that faith in something that I can't necessarily see at that mm-hmm. point in time. Uh, and as an artist, I'll say, man, it's, like, a lot of gospel music that I still listen to just because of the energy that it brings. Like, mm-hmm. I still love going to church because of the energy, like, everybody in that, in, like, one space to, like, for mm-hmm. a common goal to, like, praise and worship and, like, give thanks to, like, their higher power mm-hmm. or their higher being, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but well, I'm, I'm supposed to be talking about it as an artist right now. Um, as an artist, I say that soulful sound, like, that mm-hmm. sound that never, like, leaves your... <laughs> like never leaves your mind never leaves your body mm-hmm. like that you could put on uh dang what's that kirk franklin song a brighter day brighter day like bro i'm <laughs> i'm in it like, <laughs> yeah, it. like <laughs> turn this whole day to a church service for real <laughs> praise and worship like uh praise team or whatever mm-hmm. it's called but yeah uh i'll say that sound is really it added uh I guess a soulfulness to mm. my sound or not to my sound, but to the feeling. Okay. Like a spirituality aspect. Mm-hmm. Of it. Yeah. Cause everybody has some, maybe, I, I don't know. Uh, but m- usually most people have like some type of connection yeah, uh, like to I, church. Uh, and they kind of grew up in that environment. Me, myself didn't, right. I never, I didn't really grow up in the church environment. I didn't do that until actually 2000. Right. And so, but it kind of shapes and, and develops you and kind of helps you on your your own journey. That's I'm just usually curious because I know most people who grew up in church, whether they're still involved in church or not, there's some type of connection that they have that impacts the music that they make today. And I guess for you, it is that it brings that soulfulness, especially if you grew up in a super down south church with the white uh steepy or temple and it's it's like that like real soulful and so you know coming from that type of environment it kind of helps 
you as an artist shape what you what you do and the message that you bring the music that you kind of deliver yeah that's 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 dope so how'd you get involved with with writing yeah, sessions, writing sessions? Yep. Uh, shout out to kevin shine yeah. <laughs> sorry kevin i haven't made some of the some, some of the meetings but but yeah talk about how'd you get involved with writing sessions over here um i was actually i had just moved back to atlanta from like a uh, part from Huntsville, Alabama. I had went there for a little minute to take care of some business. Uh, it was probably my first music event that I had went to because I had been here for like two or three months and I was like, man, I haven't done anything music related at all. I need to go do something. So I went to like this plug and play that was at iLounge where yeah. I met uh, my sister Shiva and I uh, met her and me and her had been talking, uh, chilling and kicking it. And she had told me about writing sessions, uh, invited me to Kevin. Uh, I had played one of the songs and I just started like coming to the shows and to different meetings and that's how I got involved. Yeah, so what type of uh, benefit has writing sessions been for you to help you in your own career as an artist? Uh, I say career-wise, just learning like different things that like I wouldn't have known like mm -hmm. just how certain stuff operates uh like the minds of certain people like whether it be mm -hmm. like executives or whoever or like well no I can't say executives but like how like the people in suits like getting a better idea of the perspective of like the people in suits how they look at you and you just run up to them like hey I'm such and such mm -hmm. and I do such and such. So like just getting that, that's mm -hmm. helped a lot. Like knowing that you getting into the mentality and the mindset that like you really have to like will yourself mm -hmm. into this. Like, and I'll say outside of like career wise, like the whole family environment just helps with a lot. Like mm -hmm. Feeling like less of an outcast almost I'll say, but I guess, yeah, feeling like less of an outcast and feeling like more, I don't know, like more genuine like love when you mm. like around like people and it has to do with music. Like that's, you know, cause you know, this industry is like real cutthroat. So it's like having, yes, having that like love around is everything. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. I, I mean, I've been to several of Kevin's meetings and I don't know if I really want to call them meetings. Yeah. But I mean, it's like a family gathering, you know, we all gather and we talk music, but we talk business also. I mean, and Kevin does a great job because the one, the, the, my very first meeting with him or session or a gathering, whatever we want to call it, is that when we got there, he had everybody fill out this, uh, this document. And it was more about your vision as an artist. You know, how, how much music are you putting out? Where are you putting out me? Like, it was a ton of questions. We went through the all questions. And then at the end of that, we got a chance to play music for one another, get some feedback. And, I mean, everybody, it just felt like everybody was connected with one another. You made relationships with people. You're like, oh, as soon as you walk in, hey, what's good, man? I haven't seen you in a minute. Like, whoa, yeah, come on in. Like, and it's just it just feels very familial, right? So it feels like family when you walk into that situation. So kudos to Kevin for... For, for doing that. If you don't know who Kevin Shine is, go Google Kevin and find out for yourself. But um, it, Kevin is a, is a great guy. So, but yeah, man. So, what's next for you? What type of music have you been working on lately? Uh, lately, I've been trying to put an EP together. 
well, I got to stop saying trying because I realize yeah. how powerful words are. That's but right. Putting the EP together, but like going, like making sure like everything is A1. I'm in the process of just recording right now, mm. uh, like getting like the, like a good demo of the song done. Um, then going back and polishing up what needs to be polished and mm. then sending it to mixing. So right now, uh, I'm in writing mode. I got, um, I want to put at least like seven to 10 tracks on the EP, mm. but I have about, I have about five or six. Well, I have, I'll say I have like six or seven right now that I'm like real solid on, but mm. it's like, I'm, I'm like scatterbrained, yeah. so that could change <laughs> at any minute. Like those mm. songs, I don't like any of these songs. Let me start on something new. I'm like, no, no, I'm scratching the whole project. Starting yeah. over. Yeah, so it, I'm just going through that process right mm. now. But like, I, I have a couple that I think are gonna be there. So uh, if it's not gonna be later on this year in 2020, which is like definitely the goal, it'll probably be like first quarter next year. I'm saying okay. that we haven't even got out the first quarter of this yeah. year. Oh, we about to, because <laughs> yeah, March is about to be over real soon. Yeah, so I'm ready for the second quarter. You know, summer always brings like yeah, me a too. lot of inspiration. Yeah, so yeah, no doubt. I'm looking forward to that. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just working on uh, different songs, like really cataloging, uh, so I can like just pull from the catalog and mm-hmm. see what I can do with that and arrange everything, but yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Like when you're thinking of EP, I mean, you, you're kind of thinking about choosing your five best songs you got, five or six, probably five best songs you got and kind of showcasing that to the world. Because like when you get into like 10 songs, you might you might have to put out a full fledged album, man. Oh, yeah. 10 oh. to 12 songs. That's except um, who, who did it? They, they're now starting to make eight song albums. I think uh, Pusha T last album, Dakota, I think it's Dakota. Has only eight songs on it. I think Nas is. Oh yeah, album that, uh, has that like, Kanye thing that they yeah, had. Everybody yeah, yeah. Has Everybody like has seven or eight songs on their album. That's and that's yeah. That's it. I mean, but that was each album was like a powerful seven mm-hmm. eight. Oh, so yeah, seven eight songs though. So it was it was great. Even the Tiana Taylor album was mm-hmm. like. But Tiana Taylor's dope anyway. Oh really, yeah. So yeah. But, uh, what else I was saying? Um, so yeah, like ten songs might be too much. For an EP, yeah, yeah. Now if you're doing a full fledged album, oh, yeah, go for it. I don't, I don't think I'm ready for a full fledged album yet. Just yeah. uh, gonna focus on the EP and like maybe do some like uh, song like some promotional songs yeah. here and there, like you know SoundCloud releases. Yeah, yeah no, for real. Just EP is is like your temperature check. Yeah, right. You kind of putting out a product to say, and even from the EP, you are putting out a single to say, okay, how are people really gonna feel this? And if they feeling this, that you know more than likely they're probably gonna feel the EP. And if they feel in the EP, then that's like, okay, cool. Full album mode needs to happen, right? And so, but there's always that debate between do I put out singles, do I put out albums? And everybody always has their point of view of what they want to do or should do. And some people say, no, don't ever put out an album. Just make singles and just put out singles, a single every month. Yeah, I mean, I've heard that approach too. But the reason I would probably go more with that approach is because if I, I feel like a, Nowadays, people's attention span is like really mm-hmm. short, especially for artists that so they don't short. know. Like it's like people are just now getting to the point where, well, I'm not even gonna say, any, but uh, <laughs> where there's like certain artists that, oh, I'll go listen to this whole album, mm-hmm. like, and like, oh, I'm waiting on this album, like I'm hype about this album, yes. like the masses is just now getting like mm-hmm. back to that. <laughs> 
So for me to put out an album, like they don't know me. Like they gonna, <laughs> <laughs> they gonna hear uh like skim through it or it's like mm. cause the I don't know, when I think of album, I think of like like a movie. Like yeah. the songs are different scenes, like everything's a different. So it's like I don't wanna put out an album and mm. then it just gets skimmed through and like mm. not appreciate it because like I put my damn soul into that yeah. album. That's but right. it's like with the EP, it's still kind of going to be like a storytelling aspect on it, mm-hmm. but it's like shorter. So it's like yeah. easier to 30 minutes to an yeah. hour. It's easier to, or 25 minutes to compare to an hour. To an album. That's right. So for yourself, so what would be some things that kind of going back to like challenges and sacrifices, et cetera, what would be some things that you kind of notice within your own musical career that you need to take advantage of to help enhance or further it that other people may want to know for themselves too. Um, that, well, one, uh, that it's more to it, a lot more to it than just having an Instagram or social media and then just putting out music like online and then just flooding music online. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a lot of that goes into that to even get it into the eyes and into the ears of the right people uh how much like demographic and like target audience is important to the type of music that you're making because it's like i'm not the type of music that i make personally i wouldn't like go to a strip club with it or anything like that Mm -hmm. because i don't think it would be like the right fit but uh time management definitely like especially when you're i imagine it gets easier when you start making money off of it because it's like the time man, this is the time management but then it's like okay there's 24 hours in a day i need at least four to sleep <laughs> uh, at least four or five i need eight hours like at another person's job uh so that's like 11 hours left then i'm on the bus right now so travel takes about like four hours going here Mm -hmm. from places so that's uh so yeah definitely time management like the free time that i do have isn't really free time it's (laughs) time being spent on something or that has to be spent on something Mm -hmm. uh i'll say a good network definitely uh not even just people who are in to the music or in the music industry, but like a good network of people that care, people that you trust, like people, like just, you know, I don't know how else to word it, but a good network of people that you trust, like, uh, and then I'd say from my own standpoint is always, well, oh yeah, always take advice or you never know when good advice is or where good advice is going to come from. So you have to be able to, yeah, I want to say me personally, I'm not right all the time. So it's like whenever mm. somebody gives me mm. uh, advice, I'm always down to listen. I'm always down to hear what they say. And I'm always down to like take in what I can take in, but you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta recognize that when advice, some of the advice is good. Some of it is like, mm, okay, I'm glad you shared your, your opinion. I feel like even the bad advice is, like, good. Mm. Because it's like, then it shows you, like, a other side. Oh, yeah. It's like, a okay, so not do this. Mm-hmm. So even the bad advice is good advice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when, when, you, when, you're, when somebody's giving constructive criticism on things that can help you to improve, and, and that's, the, that's the thing. 
is if they're giving you the advice, does the advice that they're giving you help to improve what you do? Because if somebody just comes up and says, oh, what do you think? You suck. That's not that's not really advice. That's not really helping people grow and develop and to enhance what they currently do. So there has to be meaning behind and content and context behind what they're saying, right? So, yeah, you got to be willing to take advice. And I sometimes feel that people today don't want to take it. Because I don't think they really want to hear what the constructive side. That's my favorite part. <laughs> like when I play like new music for people, I want to hear everything you don't like about mm-hmm. it first and then tell me what you like. Mm-hmm. Like that yeah. just what cuz it'll be fresher in my mind and mm-hmm. then I know what to go improve on next time. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my favorite part, the constructive yeah. criticism. Constructive criticism. It has to be constructive. When it's from a I don't know, when it's from like a good place. When yeah. it comes from a good place. Yeah, when when the person's intent is to say, "Hey, you know what?" Jeremy, I really, really want to help you grow and develop. So I got some feedback for you. It's going to be difficult to hear, but it's going to help improve what you do. And boom. But a person to say, hey, just here's just what I think. You know, I've learned a long time ago that criticism that's not constructive is just criticism. And so if you just want to criticize, then you can save it. But if you want to give me criticism that's constructive, then I super welcome it. And I want it because I know I can get better from it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, most definitely. So, man, tell people where they can find you, brother. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Jeremy underscore underscore Caesar C A E S A R, and then uh, I don't even use my SoundCloud, but I have <laughs> a couple of songs up there. If you want to go check out, I'm not proud of these songs. <laughs> But, oh, I don't even got no service, so I can't tell you. But uh, it's a link in my bio to one of the songs on uh, SoundCloud on my Instagram. So feel free to go out there and listen to it. But, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, definitely go check them out. Man, so ladies and gentlemen, once again, my man, Jeremy Caesar. Brother, it's been a pleasure, my dude. Hey, it's been dope, man. It's been sure, a pleasure. Sure. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, thank you for tuning in to another episode of We Create Music TV. I am your beloved host. Nah, I'm just regular old dude that's just here to say thank you for tuning in. Greatly appreciate you. You can catch us every Thursday at 7 p.m. at WeCreateMusic.tv. And we're out. Thank you for tuning in. And I still don't have a tagline for you. So it'll come one day. But appreciate you tuning in. Peace out. Once again, Jeremy Caesar.